Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, welcome to the final where Nottingham Forest nil, Everton won. Big, big win for the Blues at the City Ground. Tough place to go and get a result. And Everton went there and took all three points on a very cold Saturday night. Um, the full jingle bells was in, in attendance there and as well as a lot of other chants. The fans were brilliant and Everton got all three points joined by Jack. And obviously Ted is here, of course, where Sporting... Three of us sporting the Christmas jumpers, which are available. Um, if you want it worldwide, today is your last day to order. If you want it in Europe and the UK and stuff, you've got a bit more time. But these are. And there's an Elvis one as well. But anyway, on with the show. On with the show, Jack. Great win. Um, and, you know, big big three points for Everton, obviously, given the points deduction and all that other stuff that has gone with it. Yeah, massive win for us, and I don't want to say we needed it because it's December, but, <laughs> but we did. It, it felt like we needed it. I think it just shows. Well, well that... we did, Jack. We needed it. You yeah. don't have to pussyfoot around. We needed it. Yeah, mm -hmm. it just shows that there is the quality in this side. It's easy to look at the league table and you know lose all hope, and you know when you look at how the point deduction might affect the players on the pitch as well. But we know there's quality in this side. We know we're good away from home as well, even though you know the Forest particularly are quite good at home usually. And I think it does show that you know we can believe in these lads and try and keep our heads. And I say that for me as much as anyone else as well, mm -hmm. because I was last week a little bit, you know, what um, I think we might be doomed and. And I'd, I'd say that for everyone, myself included. But there is the quality in this side to get results, especially away from home, where we have been good this season. And, you know, we've shown it at the weekend. It was a decent performance and very good three points as well. And, you know, maybe Forrest are one of those teams you're looking at thinking, can we drag them into this mess as well, into this relegation conversation? That helps us so we can potentially leapfrog them as well. Yeah, just a very important three points, really. I mean, Ped, we did need it, but, uh, you know, if you without the points deduction, Everton at mid-table and, yeah. and above Forest anyway. And it was it felt it felt like that's how the players approached it. Forgetting about, I don't know whether you can, but forgetting about the league table and almost saying, we're above these anyway in the league, so we're, we're pretty similar. Just go and play your normal game because the players have got the results that warrant them being mid-table, yeah. albeit the 10 points puts them in the bottom three. Before well, they were actually bottom, weren't they? Before the game, so what? What did you make of yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, obviously we went into the the game bottom of the table, didn't mm. we? And mm. so mentally, that's very tough for the fans. Um, knowing you are a better team than Forest, points wise, makes mm. it. That's that's the the hill you've got to get over mentally. But for the players, suppose that's the professional footballers. So they they've just got to go out and do their job and hope that it doesn't affect them. And um. It didn't seem to affect them at all, and that's that's where we've got to be. You know, you look at the game, look at winning the game, and obviously, you're technically eleventh. Yeah. If everything if everything if is how it is, and that's where we are as a team. And I'm the same as Jack. Last week was very mentally tough because you, it's just negative thoughts going around your head. 
you know, and, and I think it this was a really important game to try and find that little bit of perspective mm. of where we are. And Absolutely, yeah. Yes, you know, as I said, if we had 10 points, we'd be mid-table now and you'd be looking at this and thinking, we are going to be absolutely fine, mm. absolutely fine. Um, this gives us the hope that, again, we are. You, oh, we are going to be fine. If we just if we can get a win this week, then we'll get out the bottom three and then it's just about pushing on. But I think I think the good thing about this game is it showed it showed a different level as well of, uh, of playing against the team we were in a similar position to, mm. you know, to where we should be. And yet we looked, we looked, we looked a lot better than then we bossed the game. I mean, I don't think we dominated the game, but right. I do think we bossed the game. You know, if you can, if you can, then if you know, if you can think, look at those two. Teams, I think we like, were we control the game. They were they, you know, had obviously more possession. We had our sweet spot possession, thirty eight percent. And when I mean when I say control the game, I don't mean dictated yeah. it because they were doing it. But no. we were in control of what was happening in front of us. The composure was there. Three away wins on the run now, isn't it? Which is Something Everton don't really do. Yeah. Um, or haven't done, certainly since the COVID season with Carlo. And we've beaten, the last three teams have all been around us and we've beaten them all. You know, West Ham, Palace, Forest, all very similar to us and we've beaten them. And we've beaten all of them with a comfort. And okay, Palace was a little bit hit and miss, as in, you know, it was it was moving up and down, wasn't it? West Ham, I thought we totally deserved to win at West Ham. In fact, we probably could have won by more. Um and this one, I don't, I won't, wouldn't say we could have won by more, but for me, it was a, it was one of those comfortable one nil wins, which you don't really get away from home. And both teams were missing the main striker. Obviously, we had no Dominic Calvert Lewin; they had no Awandi. And um, but that's the way it is. And I think the good thing for Everton was obviously Dom was out, and it was just basically Beto straight back in the side, Jack and. Okay, he, he was levels are probably a bit below Dom at the moment, but he still gave us that framework to work from. And it wasn't like, and I think this has been the difference this season, last season, and certainly the opening two or three weeks of this season. That striker was like Mopai, and therefore it's a totally different thing. You haven't got someone big and strong up front, not quick, albeit he's doing well for Brentford, but. For Everton, because we are able to bring better when you're similar frames at the well, it's bigger than Dom, isn't he? He's a big unit. It enabled us to carry on playing the way we have been playing. Yeah, absolutely. And look, Beto didn't have his best game. No. At the weekend. He's a striker who clearly needs a goal, mm. isn't he? But I had a similar conversation with my dad as well, where he said, mm. We've got three strikers and they're all very similar. They all mm. want to do the same sort of things. And we said, That's not a bad thing, because, mm. like you said, last year the alternative was Malpay. And yeah, the Mari, Mar- yeah, and look, Malpay showed this season he, he can get a couple of goals here mm. and there, but not in our side, not the way we were trying to play because we suit having a striker of very specific mould, and that's mm. Calvert Lewin, and that's Beto, and yeah. obviously Chimiti as well. But he's a kid, he's still mm. learning. But Beto, even when he's not playing particularly well, it means we can move the same as a team, the same passes still on. Mm. Okay, it might not come off for Beto because, you know, he's struggling, he needs his goal, but okay, it's the rebound then, or, mm. you know, like the goal itself comes with aiming for Beto. Mm. I mean, do we play that pass? If we don't have a big number nine on the pitch, we can aim that ball at. I don't know if we do. Mm. And then we get the goal from the follow up from that. And it just shows the importance of knowing your own system. Doesn't it? And then recruiting players who suit that system. So mm. then if one drops out, the next one can come in. His individual accomplishments in that game might not be the same as what Calvert Lewins might have been, but it means we can play the same and the same passes are on, and the players know what they're going to do before that game's even started. 
And Paddy does, I know it, that there was a, obviously, when you're there, down training indoors on Thursday mm. and you start going, hopefully it's not long term, but at least it wasn't the case of like, we knew he was out, but well, I certainly didn't. It wasn't to me like, God's sake, here we go again. It was like, Sam Beto's in, Timothy's on the bench, it's fine. Right now, like I said, the level is a bit lower, yeah. but it's a player still learning the Premier League and, and learning how tough this is, isn't it? And it did mean we could carry on with kind of what we have been doing, the core, right, trying to get round the big target, man. He just needs a goal, doesn't he? I, I, I think he needs more than a goal. I think, mm. I think, I don't think, I don't think he's quite at the level yet. Mm. And that, I think, I think there's a lot to work on. Um, I think his first touch isn't great. And I think he's a player who wants to run with the ball, but he doesn't get many option, any opportunities to run with the ball because just because of the way we do play. Mm. But I think he's got a, he's got a. It would be helpful if he did score. <laughs> it would be, Confidence, it would calm right? everyone down a little bit, especially mm. him. Um, I think it'll take time. He's raw. He's massively no, raw. He is raw. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm the same. I, I, I actually put him in my team for the starting eleven. So mm. I was just like, if Dom's not available, let's. Not make any dramas about it. Let's just put him in the team. He'll need games of football. Mm. This is just the way it is. Yeah. Players come from abroad, and unless they're absolutely top quality, they don't always just come into the Premier League and hit it off straight away. Mm. They don't always have that quality. And he certainly doesn't have that higher, you know, level quality. Mm. It's gonna it's gonna take time. It's gonna take lots of coaching. Roar and enthusiastic, yeah. isn't he? It's gonna take a lot of coaching. It's gonna take him getting used to the pace of the game. It's going to get him calming down a little bit yeah. as well. He, 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 you can see what he's trying to do, but it's before he gets a chance to do it, the ball's already bounced off his foot. So mm. the thing is, he's a big lad, and I imagine in Italy, he would have played around a lot of people who are not as big and strong with him. Mm. And he would. It's just not the way in the Premier League. It's it, This is why it is the league it is, is because generally centre-backs are big, strong players who've also got a little bit of pace as mm. well. They all, that's why they all end up in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's going to be difficult. He's not, he'll be facing players that in you know in the past he would have just got... He, in Italy, he knocked, just over, straight, past straight, them. knocked the ball past them and got used his pace. Mm. Not writing the lad off at all. It's going to take time. He's going to need games. He, he got a game. Now, whether we look at it and go, well, we hope Don comes back, but he still needs games. This lad, and the thing about it is he still occupies plays That's because what of I mean, his yeah. strength and because of mm -hmm. his size. It's just that finishing touch, of course, mm -hmm. he's just not there yet. You know, the, the, the there was one in, obviously, the chance in the first half. There's actually also the header that he probably should have scored before Dwight McNeil put the ball mm -hmm. in, in the back of the net. Mm -hmm. It's it's a great ball in, and he just sort of completely misses the header. If you slow it down, you just see the shadow come across, mm -hmm. and that's him missing the ball, so... There's, there's, they'll have known this when he came in. They'll have known it. But I think, I think he's one of those players where you, um, you can see there's no lack of enthusiasm there, mm -hmm. and and it'll be a play. He's desperate. He's, he's not someone who's, you can see who's going. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm too good for this team mm -hmm. or whatever. But it's like there's a lad desperate to do well there. So mm -hmm. I, you know, it is what it is at the moment, and and he's got a different skill set, and hopefully they'll, you know, it'll come soon when we see it. Mm -hmm. There was, I must say, that first half there was a lack of quality yeah. from both sides. It was the amount of the amount of time I'd watched the kids' game in the morning, and it was as bad as the Premier League game, mm -hmm. where people are just kicking the ball off, and it was terrible. Both teams, no composure at times either of them, just slashing balls anywhere. But at times Everton did play a little bit and got in a few times, and 
Decore misplacing two great opportunities. With his, he's loose with the ball, it's the nicest way of putting it without the lie of the Corey. But we did have a big chance in that first half, and it was, was better when it was a ball in and the keeper spilt it. And he's just got to hit the target, hasn't he? And he's, he's side footed it over the bar, but that was a that was a presentable chance for him. If he hits the target, he, he probably scores. And is that like what do you think it's like what Ped's saying there? He's just snatching at that because he hasn't got the, the goal yet. Yeah, absolutely. We've seen that from him a couple of times as well. Mm. When he has been on the pitch where he'll snatch your chances, or you know, we've seen later on he went for a shot that wasn't really on mm. when he could have played the pass and potentially got the assist. And you're absolutely right, Ped, with his coaching, there is stuff he needs to work on as a player, absolutely. But I think he'll make better choices on the pitch if mm. he can just get that goal because that's not on his mind. And yeah, yeah. Because that's the first thing that's attached to him at the moment by the commentators and the pundits mm. and, and by fans as well. As he's not got a Premier League goal yet, he's only scored one and it was against Doncaster. And mm. there's clearly ability there, and you know it does need to be coached. But he's not being coached at a high level for very long. He's come through the lower leagues in mm. Portugal, working part time. I think it will come for him, but need to stop snatching at chances like that and mm. hopefully once he does and he can get a goal or two there'll just be a bit more composure there and that situations like in the second half when he's got a pass on he goes for that and just slides his man through rather than going for a shot that's mm. not on and that'll benefit him as well and i think if he can make those choices as well fans won't get on his back for not scoring there was the situation against bailey in the cup where now he comes on, he has that really good run and it mm. leads to a score and a goal. Yeah. No one was going, oh, this Beto really needs a goal after that game. They're going, no, that's it, that's what he want from him. If he's not scoring, he's making chances because mm. he's working so hard. And Like I say, I don't, fans know Dominic Calvert-Lewin's our striker, so Beto's lack of goals won't matter much to the fans if he's doing other stuff, if he's still making chances and you know making runs that lead to goals. Absolutely. Um in that first half, we had Dwight McNeil's attempt, which was cleared off the line. Good defending from Murillo, got back there, Pep. But that was showing you that the times we did get in, we, we were able to create, we were able to carve them open a little bit. And yeah, McNeil probably should have done a bit better, but it was a great clearance off the line, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It wasn't actually a great strike, was it? No, when you look he, at it, yeah, he like scuffed it, it like, a little bit. It was, yeah. it was again. A, you know, you mentioned that the court, the court, I put him a little bit wider yeah. than it really needed to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. And he sort of, he sort of like tried to guide it. Mm. And again, from a confidence, from a player who hasn't scored the goal, yeah. if he smashes that like he smashes his goal, then the lad hasn't sure. even got a chance. But it, it is, it's all those little things about confidence mm. and wanting to be, wanting to get it absolutely right. Mm. Seeing that there's an opportunity and thinking, right, if I can just steer this on target. And then is it, he's probably done the right thing mm. for it. It's just, can't make he allowance. hasn't hit it cleanly enough either. He can't it? make allowances for it for someone coming back and no. kicking it off the line, can you? He's thinking, right, if I just get it on target and um and yeah, if he just put his foot through it, the opportunity would wouldn't be there for the defender. Mm. But it's a confidence thing again, isn't it? It's it's how many chances do we get a game? How many chances does he get a game? He hasn't been playing um particularly uh, well offensively, he's been doing mm. really well in his general play. Yeah. But offensively he's been lacking the uh, the goals this season mm. so yeah it was a big chance and it was it was just one of them of like because it had been a bit like first half first half was was pretty poor but it had been like you could see the chances were there and just like mm. if we could just calm it down a little bit and not snatch at things we've got a big opportunity and mm. 
that was just a perfect example of it. Well, you mentioned McNeil as well. He had the same thing against Man United, where mm. again, if he just put his foot through it, yeah. and oh, it, scales, yeah. it's confidence in it mm. as a forward player. If they're overthinking, if they think I just need to get this right, just place this right, rather mm. than just going to put me foot through this, it's going to be a goal. Smash it maybe it, yeah. shows that lack of self-confidence, but mm. again, got his goal now. Hopefully mm. that goes away. But it's that thing as well, just, just yeah, when cool. you hear people go, oh, you hit that too well. It's that mm. thing of when people, natural, when natural strikers, mm. they don't think about it because they're just good. They just put the ball, they just do it without thinking. When the thinking takes over, that sometimes, you know, plays you get one-on-one and yeah. suddenly you've got, oh, God, all the thoughts Trying go through the head. And then when it's instinctive, it, and that instinctiveness comes with confidence, and you can tell you can tell that him and Beto and a few of the bar players at the moment, it's snatching at everything, just snatching, because they're, they're thinking how many chances do we get, but when you get to a level where you are creating lots of chances all the time, you probably just don't think like that whatsoever. It all just comes so naturally. Yeah, it's when you're scoring goals, it's the goal's huge. You never ever think it's and as you start missing, the goal starts getting smaller and smaller and you start thinking I need to put that there and then it gives the keeper a chance so you don't hit it cleanly as that. Like last season he was he was so confident, you know, you think of like Brighton away when he like don't meet the keeper. And then his second goal in that game where he just leathers it into the top corner, Fulham at home, gets it, turns, bang, it's in the bottom corner. Brentford, the opening seconds, arrow, left foot, top corner. That's when you play him with that confidence. And that's what, that will calm him down. The goal will help him massively. Like last week against United, it's on his right foot, but the keeper's laying down, basically. If he just smashes that as hard as he can, he scores. But he takes some off it to try and just make sure they get it on target. And they clear it off the line. This was similar. He's, he scuffed it a little bit, but he's tried to just make sure it's past the keeper. It's a good clearance. If the fella gives it up, it's a goal, isn't it? Good play from their centre-back, but it was a good opportunity. What I thought Everton did really well, though, particularly in the first half, he gave them nothing. They marked Chris Wood mm. comfortably. He gave them nothing. And they had they had an Anthony Alanga chance, which he just broke and he hit it with his right foot, but we should have really defended it better letting people run into the box. And they had a Morgan Gibbs white shot right on our time. It's, yeah, messing around with it. And it was that was the thing. We, we were causing our own issues there. And he hit that into the side net. But we went in nil-nil at half time and I was quite quite calm thinking, okay, McNeil, you know, possibly should have scored that. But it's nil-nil. It's here. It's here for us for the taking because they weren't didn't feel like we were like hanging on a little at any time in it really. Coming out for that second half, and I'm sure that's what the manager would have said to us, lads, this there's a great opportunity for you here. This game is there to be won. And we did come out and we did kind of get hold of the game again, right at the start of the second half. Yeah, and again, it speaks to that composure, doesn't it? That just, mm. you know, composure in the game, not dominating as such, mm. we had less possession, but it's limiting what they do with the ball yeah. and it's winning the ball back at crucial moments and that's what I thought James Garner and yeah. Drusa Garner gated on a few occasions as mm. well and we had that composure in the middle of the park so we weren't giving it away in stupid situations like we have done this season mm. and you know just picking the right pass that doesn't have to be a 40 yards cross pitch patch uh, cross pitch pass but you know just, just picking out the right one just keep mm. it moving just naturally and keep that flow up the pitch and that's something we didn't really struggle with at the weekend, and it, it, with Onana missing as well, and mm. that's something we all said after the, the United game, or if we had Onana in the middle, would we just have a bit more of a handle on the game? We missed them at the weekend, but the two of them stepped up, and credit to them. 
Yeah, they, I thought the midfield two were brilliant at the weekend, but it is <clears throat> not having a centre midfielder on the bench. It's difficult, isn't it? Because, like you said, you know, Garner, Idrissa Garner Gay is obviously getting older. Of course he isn't. He starts to tire around the 70, 75th minute, you see it. I mean, on Saturday, it wasn't as noticeable because he played really well, and I think there was times he did just sit in and let James Garner go and do a little bit more of the harrying and pressing. And it isn't always a massively noticeable thing, but if you then had someone to bring on, mm. you know, if Amadou Onana was, say, coming back to fitness and he was fine and the manager was like, like your sub, you know, for 20 minutes from the end, you could have put him on to steer it. So I thought we did, I thought those two did manage that quite well, but it is massively important that we get some of these squad players on the bench as I'm well. I'm sure he would have changed this. Well, he might not, no, well, he's <laughs> not, yeah, he's not, him. yeah, he's I'm not a sure huge he would have, But um, I thought it was the first time for a long time where the game wasn't, we have an attack, they have an attack, we have an attack, they mm. have an attack. It was, we just kept on winning the ball back yeah. in the centre of the park. And yeah, that's yeah. why Ghana and the Ghana game was so important. Was yeah. Every time they tried to get out, we just won it back mm. and kept going again. And, kept, and it just felt like something was going to happen because of that. Mm. We just weren't letting them get out. We had a real dominance on the game. And it happens to us this a lot where we got, we, you know, it was, it was noticeable in the second half against Palace. When they got their second goal, it was like they just kept on winning the ball back and then putting in good areas. And you just think these at some point something will give you. And it was like that in this game, which and that's why James Garner and he was it was easily his best game in an Everton shirt. Yeah. You could see he really had the bit between his teeth. He really wanted to to impress going back to his old club. He wanted to show how important he was. And also he, to him, he's probably thinking, like, well, I'm in this team now. I'm part of this midfield. There's mm. nothing's gonna Nothing's going to change that now, but I've also got to start being a bit more noticeable because mm. that's the thing that you'd say about Garner is, is like he's a good, nice, tidy player, but how noticeable is he do during the game? He does his part, and I thought this was the first time, bit of, maybe a Brentford coming off the right, but first time I thought everyone can see today how how good technically of a football and a, mm. and a good tackler you are and how mm. much you want it. And I think he showed that brilliantly. So I, I think, think we've got his numbers here, haven't we? Yeah. Go ahead. Get them up, Ned. James Garner's numbers. Here we go. Sixty-three touches, won six out of eleven duels, three interceptions, one tackle, and a passing accuracy of eighty percent. You can see his heat map there. And it is. He, it, I think it's him and Onana now, isn't it? You know, when everyone's fit, that seemed to be the partnership the manager was leaning towards. That youth in midfield, young. You know, both 21 or, or 22. In uh, and Adrissa Garnagay had started to become the sub and the person who will come on to look after it. So I think he, I think you're right, he has had to step up a little bit in Onana's absence. Didn't do it brilliantly against United, but did do it really well at the weekend and, and they were key. And, and Everton got the goal and I got it at a great time as well. And it was because, you're right, but we were winning the ball back from them, so they never built up any any kind of uh, head of steam, really, where you were thinking, we're in trouble here, you know, and, and Everton were able to keep getting into the good positions, and we get the goal, and we'll have a look at the still, we've got the stills here, Ned will put them on for us, so it come from a, a pick football into the box, Jared Brantwaite um, goes up for the ball, it gets headed out, there we go, and Jack Harrison just rolls that one in to Adrissa Garnagay and then makes the run. Now, this just keep that there for a second. 
this is what we're talking about when we're talking about an overlapping fullback, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah. that we're, we're not able to play this ball enough because Ashley Young doesn't go on the outside. It's why we ask for Patterson to be involved and it'd probably be the same as Seamus. He probably wouldn't be making this regularly because of the age and being where you're getting back. But we were able to do it on this occasion. So he plays it in, Adrissa Garnagay gives him it back. And as that's coming back to Harrison, we've got five Everton players circled in the middle. And obviously Garner's in there, and we've got a couple on the edge of the box. You can see Michalenko there and James Garner on the edge. Harrison, going to stand it up. There's Beto and Tarkovsky in the middle. Dwight McNeil at the back there. There we go. The cross comes in. And we've got... Now, as this come in, it was a great little ball. Very similar to his ball against Palace, mm. which Michalenko headed in. And I've seen... Obviously, Beto and Tarki in the middle, and would expect them one of them to head it. But it goes over them. Beto missed times, but Dwight McNeil has pulled away to the back. Great first touch, gets it out of his foot. And then the second one is the Al Paintbrush, as he's called it, right in that top bin. Tremendous strike, great way to open your, uh, open your account. Very similar to his goal at Southampton last season when he opened his account for Everton, good first touch, and smashed it in the net. He's got that left foot. He's capable of doing that, isn't he? That's not what we do enough. We don't load mm. the middle so that he's not really been given the opportunity on his own. The same on the other side with Jack Harrison. If we have more bodies running, I know that's come around because of a set piece, but even when we're attacking, it's why we need players making runs to free up other players. But Jack, what a what a way to open your account for the season. Yeah, definitely. And you know, he mentioned it was like the Southampton one, and mm. then last season he went on to be our top scorer. Yeah. So you know, hopefully scoring a similar goal this year, he can go mm. on to get more goals this year as well. Because he was important last year, and he did come up with some good finishes. And and whatever he got for Christmas, then after shaving the new shocks, yeah, the, second the half of the Africa. season, links after the it, it gave him them. the motivation to mm. go on. And see what he did last year, but top selling Fagan sitting there, Burnley. There you yeah. go. But yeah. no, great finish and a good mm. passage of play as well. And it, it just shows having the importance of an overlapping run. And mm. you know, Harrison, a player we know has got the ability as well. We're asking for a bit more from his game's been limited by the lack of help he's got down that right hand side. He could be doing more outside of that mm. as well, but it's not helping him. He gets it there and put a good ball into the box. And you know, like I said at the start, do we do that if um. Beto's not on the pitch and it's Malpay instead. Mm. He's who they were aiming for, wasn't it? You know, the big six foot two striker. Mm. You know, if we didn't have that same profile of player, do we play that pass or are we looking for a different type of move? And yeah, it doesn't come off for Beto, but we'll play the pass and it's the second ball we pick up on. Because you've got a six foot four striker motioning towards the ball, they have to look at him and exactly. every one of them gets attracted to him and Tarkovsky and it's why McNeil's free. Whereas if you've got me in the middle, one he is gonna win, you know. You're gonna. I'm gonna well, beat him. Michalenko scored from a similar area, mm. didn't he? So, mm. you know, if you've got men in the box mm. and and being able to recycle the ball quickly means players can stay up. Mm. They're not all having to go back to their positions and then come back. But that we've just highlighted the ones. It's what we go on about mm. all the times. The overlapping fullback. I watched Newcastle and Man U on Saturday night. They scored the same goal. Only Trippier rolled it across the box for a tap in for Gordon. Players getting in round the back. We've took almost a huge part of that away from ourselves because our fullback can't go on the outside. Mm. And Jack Harrison's just shown you there. And Garner does really well, just gives him a pass. It's the wall pass, knock it and go. The hardest thing in the, the lead to mark, player passes it and runs behind you and you're you caught between two. You're in trouble. And mm. that was great to see. And that should give them encouragement more of that. 
So you can either throw her in low or you can stand there up and go, go on then, off you go. And it was, it was a really, really good goal. Do you know what? Atisha Garagay is such, honestly, he's such a better player than what people give him credit for. Absolutely. He's, honestly, like I know people have been slagging him all season, but he's... It's weird. He's an easy target for a lot but of people, he, but, he, but he's such a good footballer though. Like, and I know he misplaces passes and there was a couple in this game where you just like the nice five-yard passes, but he, but he's got he's got a brain on him. I've said for years how, how better he can be in the final third. Just and it's your number ten for Lille. Yeah, for yeah. Of and, and he and he showed that in the World Cup for Senegal this time mm. last year, mm. playing much higher up in the pitch. And you know, someone someone a centre midfielder who just runs round a bit wouldn't have given the ball back there. It's mm. like, and I know it seems like a simple pass, but. It's the quick thinking, isn't yeah, it? It's, but the it, weight of the pass. He's been great since he came back into the mm -hmm. side, like yeah. you know, and and giving that ball back to Harrison, and Harrison just has to stand her up. Really, that's his job. I know it's not always that easy, but but it's just keeping his right foot as well. It's just keeping the ball. I mean, listen, don't get me started. No, but I'm you just should, saying it should be able to cross with your of course right foot. It should, but I'm saying that issues. He's good um, at that, isn't he? Yeah, he doesn't have to check back. Good yeah, at that. and it's it's uh, it's a well worked one, and obviously the finish is great, but. Mm. Just to, it's obviously something that they're working on. Certainly, what it seems like as well is we're working on second phases and set pieces a lot mm. as well. If it doesn't work out the first time, we get because you've seen quite a few goals this mm. season. Like go back to Brentford, Brentford as well. Yeah. We've 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 recycled a lot of free kicks and on Saturday we had a few little different ones as well, little mm. different ways of putting the ball into Tarky and stuff, not making it so obvious mm. we're we're gonna we're looking for Tarky and. But I do like how, how how many times now it looks like you know players are getting in good areas because they're staying up there yeah. and it and it leads to more opportunities. You know, yeah. we're not we're not we're not blessed with a number ten who's gonna cut the opposition open. We're not blessed with like wingers who are who are gonna pick Lightning. the ball up and ro get away from people. Yeah. But what we are blessed with is the ability to get good balls into the box yeah. with angled balls and then keeping it alive. And and the more we find different ways of doing that, obviously it's gonna to lead to more opportunities to score. Which obviously, I, I, we're not a free flowing scoring side either, but but yeah, it was a great goal. Great scoring regularly. Didn't score against United. Scoring regularly, though, aren't we? Mm. We're scoring away, I think. Am I right in saying Villa's the only game we've not scored in away from Goodison? I think it is. Mm -hmm. I think no, that's right. Anfield. Oh, and Anfield. Yeah. Sorry, so I was wrong. <laughs> but you know, Liverpool we never scored. You often that just just forget that yeah. game. I just I, I literally Naturally. just blacked that yeah, game yeah. out. That's just a Naturally. game. You didn't even watch last season? No, no, I was <laughs> went on only rather than watch it. Um, but what what pleased me after was you'd always knew Forest were going to get a couple of chances at home. You'd always get chances in games, especially if it's one nil. But it, what pleased me was we were able to we what we used to do, and I think Sean Dyke deserves. I've been critical of him with some of his like at home I think he's still struggling to find the right balance at Goodison but the thing he has done since he come in and he's done it really well away from Goodison Park is they've drilled the players not to collapse and we've only really seen it at Arsenal last season but that was more players individual errors that caused it and Villa and, and there might be reasons in both of those games was, why was don't the players, say it was don't, the I'm just asking was the players playing in that game that might not play in other games. Yeah, and they played in both of those okay. games, right? But I can't think. No, don't forget no. it. Right, it's the same thing as at Anfield it's when on it was the nil. Tongue. But anyway, right? Why does it remind no. me of getting on the bus? Don't, right? But the thing about it was what he's done really well, Sean Dyson and Wong, and you know 
15 months Steve Stone have been able to do is make sure that they're calm even when he took the lead. Like, seeing this at West Ham the other week when Dom scored, there was still a calmness about how we defended. And this was the evident the other day. I thought that, OK, I can think of a shot, which was Murillo had a shot, yeah. didn't he, which Pickford done. He should save it, but he got he it off. He probably kicked that away. He got it, it off. He made it look good. Yeah. But the one, the big one was obviously when he was out smartly with a block and he, he was brave and he was out quickly and obviously give the arse celebration when he got up, didn't he? But they were the only real two moments. I do have to say, though, Nottingham Forest should have had a penalty. The core, and what the hell he is doing. The handball one, never a pen, because his arm was here, although under my black and white wheels it would have been. But his arm was into his body. But why the hell he's dragging the lad so much? I'm very surprised we got given it. I must qualify that by saying Everton should have had a penalty for handball as well, which they didn't get. But the decore one he got away with. So I don't think it was a penalty. No, I don't. Honestly, I don't. I... I, the Man United one I thought was a penalty. The Crystal Palace one I thought was a penalty. I didn't think it was a penalty. I thought it was two players both at each other. And the one the one who's in the box throws himself to the ground. Why? He's grabbed the they shit. They both got hold of each other. You watch them every... I've watched that about Every pens. player does it. it both of them have got hold of each other. And all he does is the classic spin and fall over. I give penalties to opposition players all the time. And I'm not having this one. I don't think it was a penalty. I just think it was two... two listen, refs... Don't get it wrong. I th- you don't get it wrong. No, nope. especially not Simon. They're with me on this one. The refs are yeah. with me. Fair but play. Listen. I honestly did not think. It, I didn't think it was a penalty in real time. I'm delighted, but I thought it was a penalty. No, I, honestly, I didn't. I, I just think the difference is the offensive player knows he has to throw himself on the ground, whereas the, the defensive player just can't do that. See, I thought it was like Van Dyke at Luton the other week, and I thought that was a penalty. Didn't I, get it. I either. thought he was. Not. What did you think, Jack? I think it's less of does it deserve to be a penalty or doesn't it? I think it's do they get given, and I think they do. Mm. I think it, it is a bit, uh, you know, a bit of both, both going at yeah, it. But well, that's obviously what they thought. Yeah, yeah. They, they typically get given, and I, I was expecting. Do they know? Do they honest. typically get given? I think if the if they get, chair, they get given. Rodri got one in the Manchester given? derby. Do you know when they get given in August? Rodri got one the other week at oh, Old Trafford. Man City never get any decisions. They deserve some good luck. They, they are the bastions of English football. They deserve a little bit They're of good luck. They are the day, yeah. under the cosh for reasons I don't know, don't understand why. Mm, mm. And uh, it's about time. Yeah. See, it's about time. The officials stood up for the little guy. And that's what they're doing fair in Man City. Fair play. Um, but Pickford save when he rushed out quickly was a brilliant block. But I thought that aside... I thought we no. coped really well. well yeah. And we're really calm. You're always going to give up a couple of chances, aren't you? Yeah. 1-0 leads, playing away. Teams are always going to have a bit of a rally with that scoreline. But mm. to keep it to just, you know, that half chance with Murillo and then mm. the one where Pickford ran out, it, again, it shows that composure. And that's been Everton's Achilles heel for did a while, you? hasn't it? And, you know, backs are against the wall before. I mean, they, but... they did try to play the ultimate card, didn't they? Yeah. Avigi yeah. in December. Yeah. When... Come on. When he when he came on, I didn't uh, say another word. No, and, no. You know, uh, no. Everton had tweeted like, oh, like Jordan Pickford's, you know, for when he came yeah, on, did yeah. the block and I seen that, and then you know, I see, I see they that. They tweeted man. that at, yeah, in the real time. time. Yeah. yeah. See, and the thing about it is, people are arguing with these idiots are arguing. is right. I actually thought the Pickford bit because Pickford had just had that thing with time wasting, hadn't he? Which wasn't him. But 
he, he sort of lost the plot for five minutes, Pickford. Didn't even notice. I was like, that's when he misses. Oh, my God, he's losing the... And the, the, the bit where he came out was actually part of him losing the plot. Mm. He was having a little moment. He was fuming. He was fuming, and you could see him. So he'd shouted at Michalenko he, he was a little... He was, and he'd thrown the ball out, yeah. and he was having a little moment. Where, and I was like, calm down, mate. Mm. Just calm... Have a look at your bottle. Mm. And just can't. He done one bit where you seen him go to the yeah. what was it? He went to his spot. Was it after that? Honestly. He went over to the thing and he looked at his he yeah. had his water and he looked at something, then he put it down so and he went he, all he right. He had again. a proper five minutes yeah. and the ball, that coming out was part of his five minutes. Well, fair so play I was like, it's right now. Fair play to <laughs> He was I was sitting there going, Can't just for, mm. just like yeah. I don't know what it is that he's that he that he struggles with, but honestly, we we all know we've all mm. seen it, and we all know that he's calmed down. But he's worked for the last few no, years. No, I know. He's worked. But it was so like when the ref was. But when the ref went over to him, I was like, that wasn't even his no, fault. I know, but Someone I was like, just, the ball. just put no, the ball down and get on with it because this. Uh. We see it all the time. He has mm. these moments that just cause him to wobble for five minutes, mm. whereas he used to have wobbles that lasted about six months. Mm. Where it, but I was just please, just calm down. He, but that's what I'm saying in general. We we defend it in a calmness, and yeah. I think the manager has brought he deserves big credit for that. He has brought that yeah. like ability to like one nil up away. Even though even though they had the ball a lot mm. to in like the injury time, you're thinking it's not panicking just because they, they have the we ball. were still fine. Like Brantwaite's it's individuals. It's individuals brilliant. as well. And you know who else was but brilliant? Michalenko. Michalenko was solid. My, their best player is Morgan Gibbs White. Yeah. And he, he had one shot, really. Michalenko has been superb yeah. for weeks. He really has. And I don't think he gets game. enough credit. Ashley Young had a good game. And Young was solid. Far from the first foul. First but, foul on a Lange. But after that, he was... Fa- but, he got was it. Right. but this is why he likes him in general. Mm. It's because most of our players... Do not have those destructive moments in their game, mm. like the ones that pick. We don't have players genuinely who pick the ball and run into blind alleys where mm. you're just like, what are you doing? Just keep the ball. Mm. And we have quite a calm side now. And I think that's what the manager wants. Whether mm. sometimes we like it, it's why he doesn't make subs. Because he looks at the players and says, in general, these aren't gonna make mistakes that are gonna cost us at the other end. They might make mistakes that lead to us giving the ball like high up the pitch like there was one way McNeil it was down the left and he kept the ball in but he kicked and I was like yeah, you yeah. could have just kicked it in yeah, the corner he kept it in they broke and they broke but the manager probably thinks that's that's a fine that's one little moment mm. and it's in their half manager's probably alright with that because mm. most of the time our players are in general quite calm and I think that you can see it through the side. You do now. a thing of like, obviously, you, everyone looks at things through their own lens, don't they? Of course they do. That's life. We all do it, don't we? And we look at the subs and that. And it is a thing of, he knows what he can get out of each player, doesn't he? We'll see it differently because we're, particularly at Goodison, or in a game where it looks like the leggy, like that Brighton game will still warm you up because yeah. Ashley Young was knackered and Jack Harrison couldn't breathe, yeah. you could tell. And that's where he should have made the subs. But the thing is, you do have those moments where it's like, again, I always like to take it back to the kids' team where you look at the bench and go, we're in this game, I can't really want to upset. And, and you understand my Premier League managers, if you've got great subs, real ability, you'll go, yeah, we can change this, it's not going to affect it. Or if, you, if you're behind and you think, these three lads who are coming on are brilliant, yeah. so they're going to get us something. If you have, can only, you feel like you can only trust 13 players maybe, which he feels like he can it's a big thing. If they're doing all right in the game, it's a big thing to upset that apple cart because that player might come on and take 
10 minutes to get into it yeah. and in that or five minutes and in that time five you've conceded I think especially when you're a team as well who's comfortable not having the ball you need players who are calm Discipline. because you can't bring in a you know um, a headless chicken mm. who's going to run around and chase everything let's be honest we need to consolidate why but it's also why Dan Juma doesn't get on the pitch. Well, that's who um, because why that's we sold because he's not going to run back though yeah. either and put that. Why we sold the Mari Gray? Yeah, for the same reasons. It's mm. just like you can't you can't trust these players. Mm. They've got they've got you have players. You've got you've got different kinds of players, but you have individuals who their inner sort of motivation is what they do, not mm. not for the team, but what they do for themselves. Yeah. and those players end up being some of the best players in the world because of that. That leads to greatness, but. At our level, we don't have that greatness. No, so. if you've got if you've got like half a dozen players in your team who you know where they're gonna be and they're gonna give you everything, then you can sprinkle the others, and yeah. and sometimes it lend. Mm-hmm. You have not even luxury, but you'll go well. I, I kind of accept that this player is not gonna get back and cover as much, yeah. but my left back's superb, so it doesn't really <laughs> matter. You see it with the it's why City because they've got so many good players. They play two at the back. Play two Liverpool are starting to do with Andy and Arsenal because they've got so many good players. They almost trust in the lads at the top end. They'll do it for them, and other players will just come and cover it. We're at a position where we're trying to build that, and he's trying to build a so he knows that nine or ten are all on it all at the same time, and therefore one might just drop off for a sec, and that might be McNeil, but McNeil works his bollocks off. So mm. do you take him off and put Dan Juma who may go? bang on the run and strike one in the top corner. But then again, he's not helped Michalenko out. And just for now, and, and probably now more so than ever, if Everton wouldn't have had the 10 points and Everton are on 17 points, the manager might be like, you know what, we're, in, him a we're in no danger and now I'm going to play a little bit more risk and reward because we can win these games. But right now, you, and you can't blame him. And it frust- it, you know, it'll frustrate us at times, but you can't blame him right now if he's going... Let's just keep adding the points up because we're in the shit again, yeah, basically. You'd have to go for it. But I just thought I, they do deserve big credit, the coaching staff, because we are calm now when we're defending. It's ironic that we look like two totally different teams. At home, we look like we're not clear what we're doing. And yet away from home, we look like we, we know everything we're doing. We look like a really good side away. And I don't mean... I don't mean we get it and we play 800 passes and people are going, what a team these are. But we look like one of those teams that you see go, these know exactly what the jobs are really well. And I think, again, I keep coming back to it, the balance for him is just getting it right at home. How do you get that balance at home? Maybe that's where you have to start using your band humours of the world. Maybe, maybe. Because you have to break the opposition down and there's Mm. an expectation, isn't there, from the home crowd that just isn't there for the weekend out. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I've just been saying how well we defended, mm. and you don't defend well unless you've got your two centre backs are right on it. And James Sarkovsky was magnificent at the weekend. He just had that one moment which led to the Gibbs White thing, but in general, excellent. Here's his heat map, and there's his stats 57 touches, won 10 of his 13 duels, one interception, one tackle, and clearances nine clearances in the game. Brilliant, and his mm. partner was also fantastic. Just gets better and better. Uh, Forty-seven touches for Jared Branthwaite. Won five out of seven of his duels. One interception, one tackle, and six clearances for Jared Branthwaite. And them two certainly as a pair and pet are absolutely brilliant. Yeah. For Shanti, <laughs> what mess? 
made me laugh in the first half when they were both in the opposition half. Uh, box, sorry, and both missed. Both it. missed. Yeah, prepare <laughs> the ball. Yeah. But even on the heat maps, there you can see both of them. Are, are, there's there's a uh, there's heat in the opposition box, isn't mm-hmm. it, from both of them, which mm-hmm. is good. Man's just using them on set pieces and things like that. Well, it's Brantwaite jumping for the for the goal that leads us to yeah. winning the ball back. Tarky's, up the Tarky's winning everything in the air, pretty much. Mm. Um, he is. You can tell he's enjoying. He's enjoying it. He's enjoying mm-hmm. defending. He is a defender who loves who loves to defend and don't always get that. Don't always get that in the game nowadays. And again, composure. Him and Brad. He's got a fella next to him. He doesn't have to worry about. Mm. Doesn't have to worry about him. Doesn't have to worry about making stupid mistakes, giving stupid passes. Mm. That probably helps him settles him down a lot. Um, and I think the both of them have made a really good partnership, and it's a really good platform to build on to to move us forward. Really, and they were getting blocks in Jack as well. I mean, we I didn't mention one before, but James Garner blocked one in stop his time running back and just threw himself in the way. It was a brilliant block. But in general, they're heading everything away. They're clearing. Both of them can play a bit. Brantway can play a lot. Tarky's better on the ball and people give him credit for. He's really good. And that has been that's enabled that partnership because it's working well, complementing each other. Has meant that Michalenko's been better and better because he's playing in that you know, on that side with Brantwaite. And I think because Brantwaite is very calm, it does help Michalenko out as well. And it means that in these games, we are able to get through the game with a calmness at the back. And that benefits the team as a whole because mm. everyone has trust in each other to do their jobs. There's mm. not a noticeable weak link in mm. the team at the moment when, you know, when we have our first 11 available or, mm. you know, there's Onana to come in as well. But, and Dom, you know, yeah, two players true, down, true. Really. But, you know... The, the players that have come in mm-hmm. to place them yeah, in yeah. the right ilk. And, you know, you mentioned the calmness in the team and not panicking. Bramfleet's my age and there probably was a lot of worry around him. Got this kid here, he's not mm. really played in the Premier We're League. We're worried about whether you can make a drink properly and, yeah, you know, and he's going in and calm in the Premier League. But so. that probably was the worry and that might have been why he wasn't fancied and he's come in and he's led by example mm. there while others are more senior than him have failed in that regard and mm. that's why he's so trusted in that team and I'm not surprised when he plays well now. Mm. You know, he, he comes in, he does well. It's just, yeah, that's Bramfleet. He's great. Player. Listen, he's great. And again, Everton, hopefully we'll get from a position that'll be stronger and, and we don't have to worry about him moving anywhere <laughs> soon. But that, that's been a big, big part of the bedrock which, on which we have been very solid this season. And we have, um, you know, and this is a team that, if, if I go back to Anfield, remember the game, this is a team that it took a penalty 13 minutes from time to break down against one of the probably the best attack in the Premier League mm. overall, I'd say Liverpool have got. And Everton were very comfortable that afternoon with these these in the back line and it took... Down to 10 men. Down to 10 men. It took Michael Keane coming off and putting his hand out for a bus to break <laughs> us down. It took Michael Keane coming on for Liverpool to break <laughs> us down. With the handball. That says it all. So they have been excellent. Uh, let's have a look at the overall match stats from the game. Forest and Everton won. 13 attempts at goal to Forest, 12 to Everton. Three on target for the Blues to their two. No big chances for Forrest. One for Everton. And the sweet spot, Ped, the 38%. Well, 37 is the sweet spot. Oh, I, I like no, the you're allowed to, you're allowed The to swing have, was 37-40. You're allowed to have three either way. So we're, we're in there. We're, we're basically the in there. We lost the XG, which is great as well. Well, that's good. That's, and, we want to lose the XG because we've won it we, too many we're times. We're a better team with, with less possession. That's just fact. No, we're a counter-attacking team. So we therefore, are, it doesn't... I don't think we're a counter-attacking team. I think we, we just... We work well with less of the ball. 
but that's essentially... No, it's not, not yeah. the same thing. No, not the same thing. Not the same thing. We allow the opposition to just have meaningless ball. Yeah, doesn't, but that doesn't mean we counter that. Then we just pinch it. I don't think we're a counter-attacking side. But the point is we're very effective on yeah. the ball when we don't have too much of yeah, it yeah. and we don't overcomplicate things. Yeah, yeah. We need You need better players to have more of the ball. Yeah, and maybe that's something that'll come as the team develops, and then maybe you know players who are more of the ilk than. But we have a bit more. Might be more well, acquired maybe. in the Evans. When Olana's in there, we have a bit more of the yeah. ball as well. But obviously. even at the moment, for just where we are, everyone needs to be a worker, and mm. that's fine. We've no. got the right bunch for that. Absolutely. You're obsessed yeah. with ilk. Is it just a time of year? Yeah. Mm. Fair play. Fair play. There you go. Let us know what you think in the comments section below. Give the video a thumbs up. Subscribe if you haven't yet. We are going to carry on now on Toffee TV Premiere. If you want to join that, the link is in the description. The QR code will be on the screen now. And don't forget, if you're never toning and you want a nice Christmas jumper, the link is also there for that. Get your order in now. Right. We will see you later. Bye.